This program is brought to you by A to B Media Partners. Be sure to listen to the After Two Beers podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. Also, make sure to visit www.aftertwobeers.com. Welcome to the After Two Beers podcast. I'm Dutch Dalton, joined as always by Kimmy Grebler. That's me. We are recording in the A to B studios at the Innovation Center in downtown Richmond, Indiana. Make sure you visit aftertwobeers.com. You can buy cool swag like this drunk cut t-shirt. I love that shirt. Oh, it is pretty cool. I do. Yeah. We also have koozies you can order. We'll send you some stickers, whatever you need. We can make sure that we do that for you. Also, make sure you like and subscribe our show. Yes. And if you want to give us comments, that's positive as well. We actually had someone last week that watched our very first episode on the YouTube channel that said we didn't talk enough about what we were drinking. So tonight I am enjoying a Bud Light, which will get me a lot of crap from beer snobs. I am a <laughs> Miller Light drinker. Yeah. And we've almost polished off a, a half pint there of the uh, the Fireball. Yeah, well, yeah, that you'll have that. And uh, now we've we've been out of action for a little bit. Mostly thanks to the coronavirus or, right. or um, I don't know. Midwest flu, cold, sinus. K- kennel cough. Yeah. <laughs> the, All the above. The black lung. It's it's Jeez. not been pretty. But uh, the good news is, if you actually enjoy our show, which we hope you do, is that this is the start of us starting to do these weekly again. Yes. I've so missed it. I have too. I have. These, these things really started as therapy for both of us and... Uh, we're going to continue that. I mean, we know that we need more therapy, so let's yes, do this. absolutely. And then the beauty of our show is you're not going to hear the word impeachment ever again after I just no. said it. And we're not going to talk about... A quit. No. Or what people were looking like when they were dancing at, at a Super Bowl. And you're not going to get up and rip your papers. No, no, not... No, no. <laughs> yes. That's a good point. <laughs> no. We're good. We're right. good. This is going to be a good one. So the first thing that we're going to talk about, it's been a while. We're going to jump back in. Our old jalopy, the A to B history wagon. Oh, yes. Wait to get back into that smelly thing. Yeah, it's been a while, so we're probably going to have to jumpstart it. Yeah. But that's all right. And uh, we're going to bring you another A to B history segment brought to you by the Cordial Cork, located in Richmond at 911 North East Street. Uh, AJ and I actually had breakfast there, or excuse me, brunch. Brunch. Brunch there today. It was very delicious. Yeah, what did yeah. you have? Uh, I had a, um, it was a waffle, but it was actually like a biscuit. It had gravy like on it. Like a biscuit waffle. It, it's a buffle. It actually is called a biscuit waffle. Yeah. I was, I'm baffled by that. A baffle. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you're doing there. <laughs> <laughs> this mom joke brought to you by Gidler. Right. So the Cordial Cork happily brings us the A to B history segment, and we're going to set the flux capacitor in the A to B history wagon to August 18th, 1952, and we are in deep in the heart of Texas. In the city of Houston, which is known for nothing to do, I think it's a boring city. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there a dozen times, and the coolest I, now the Astros, the stadium there is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So I highly recommend it if you get if you're there. My cousin lives there and he loves it. Really, he yeah, likes I, high humidity and thunderstorms that drop. He eight likes to 12 being inches. able to drive his truck out onto the beach and sit there and cook out and like. There's lots of stuff that he does, but yeah, they have mosquitoes that can carry babies away. Well, so does Indiana, for crying out loud. I don't know. And you get the coronavirus Lyme disease with that. Um, Delicious. (laughs) So anyways, we're in Houston, Texas, and there's a young lady named Patsy, and she gives birth to a bouncing little baby boy 
who would ultimately become her tiny little dancer. Okay. Now, the reason that he became her tiny little dancer is Patsy owned a dance studio, but she also did not believe in babysitters. Okay. She might have been just cheap. (laughs) You know what? How many children did she have? That might have been a huge... You know, I don't know. I know that he had... The tiny dancer had some brothers. I never heard of a, a, a sister. Okay. But Deanna, to your point, it could be that way. Yeah. And so, like his siblings, the tiny dancer literally grew up in the dance studio, and by the age of three, he was already taking ballet classes. At three. At three years old. I was still stumbling around. At three. Right. Right. <laughs> kind of like I am at this age too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I was anyway, stumbling around and pooping my pants and. <laughs> Oh, she's, she didn't qu- comment on that one. Just, I mean, I'm still doing that, too. I'm <laughs> right. you know, it's you a have, joke. It's a joke. You have a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> but the tiny dancer, he wanted to do more, so he also took up swimming, baseball, football. He also played the violin, sang in the school choir. He performed as the lead role in many school plays, and he also continued to dance every single day at the dance studio. Well, that's cool. Yeah, this kid clearly has a fast metabolism and was... Had to have been consuming like 18,000 right. calories a day. I miss that day. I miss those days. Yeah. Well, maybe you should dance every day. You just want to dance. I got my jazz hands. <laughs> I got my jazz hands. Now, you can only imagine growing up as a little boy in Texas in the late 50s and early 60s that uh, he probably received his fair share of abuse. Yeah, might, yeah. might have, yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and so Patsy had a solution for the bullying the tiny dancer was receiving she said, just take the ballet shoes out of your hip pocket and beat the snuff out of them. I mean, that would work. You think so? Yeah. Well, I actually did do ballet. I know, as graceful as I am. Um, I actually did do ballet, and I did toe shoes. And, like, it's a piece of wood down in there. Like, I broke my toes with them. Yeah. I so. would. You would have to lie if you got beat up with ballet shoes. <laughs> Like, I mean, <laughs> what'd you get bit? Well, I, I, I think it was a, it was a bat. It clearly was. I just wasn't. got hit, and I didn't even see it coming. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Oh, now the the mother, like I mentioned, her solution was beating the hell out of these other kids, <laughs> and it didn't shock the family because Patsy was a bit of a hard ass. So was she beating her own kids? She, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> she was. Uh, Patsy could be a physically abusive mother, so much so that on the tiny dancer's 18th birthday. Patsy really laid into the boy, and so much so that Patsy's husband, uh, the, the little boy, his father, said, if you don't stop, I'm going to file for divorce. And fortunately, the violence did stop Good. for the Tiny Dancer. Good. Yes. Wow. But what the Tiny Dancer's uh, future wife stated in a documentary about the man is this is exactly what happens in families with a cycle of abuse. Um, so apparently Patsy's mother was even worse on Patsy than she was on the Tiny Dancer. So now he stopped the, the cycle, though, right? As, as far as I know. Okay. I, once we get to the name, you'll hear. I, I don't recall ever hearing anything negative about this guy. Taking a shot, I think it's Rob Lowe. Rob, Rob Lowe? Lowe? Yeah. That's who I think was Rob Lowe a dancer? I don't know. I'm going to find out. Oh, I know Rob Lowe liked little girls, maybe. Hey, stop it. <laughs> it's stop true. It. It's oh. true. No, it's not. It is true. So anyways, the uh, the dancer's brother, Don, said he always thought mom was so strict and so hard on him. But the way I saw it, it was just that she used that to spur him on. He was everything to my mother. So clearly Patsy loved the little boy. The studio was more than just a place for the dancer to fine-tune his craft. It's also where he met his future wife when they were just teenagers. 
So that clearly shows it wasn't Rob Lowe because at that point they would have been the same age. Stop it. <laughs> it also being tiny dancer. Yeah. Yeah. At he this, had a wife, so. Yeah. So at this it's not wo- the real tiny dancer. No, so no, no, we're no. Good. Yes. So as I mentioned earlier, in addition to dancing, the dancer who's not so tiny now was also active in many other activities, and his favorite was football. Okay. So much so that he actually considered quitting the arts to play football. He loved football that much. But at 18 years old, he suffered a major knee injury to his left leg during the second-to-last football game of his senior year, and it ended all his opportunities at football. Well, I almost feel like if you have a knee injury, it might end up like you're dancing as well. Yeah, I, I'm depending a, on on the injury. Very obviously. true, very true. Seemingly over the injury, the dancer actually moved to New York City and began training with multiple ballet companies. But only a year later, in 1976, the dancer developed a tooth abscess that led to a staph infection in his bloodstream that settled in his bad knee. Oh wow! Yeah, and it got so bad that the dancer was only a week away from amputation before it finally started to show some improvement and healed. Who is it? Oh, we'll get there. So the life began to take off for the tiny dancer. As I mentioned, he was in New York City. He got his start as a dancer for the Disney theatrical group and then starred in the role of Danny Zuko in the Broadway production of Grease, which actually he played in in London. And he took over for um, the actor. The actor's originally started the role in, in London was uh, Richard Gere. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when Richard Gere left, the tiny dancer stepped in and took over the role. But this wasn't the first time that the, or excuse me, the last time that the tiny dancer would gain fame in in acting. In 1981, he appeared on an episode of MASH. Then he had a big breakout when it came in 1983 when he appeared in Francis Ford Coppola's movie The Outsiders acting alongside Rob Lowe, Emilio Estevez, Matt Dillon, Tom Cruise, and Ralph Macchio. So he was a long Rob Lowe. It's not Rob Lowe. <laughs> yeah. Wah, wah, wah. But then in 1987, he played in a role that made him the heartthrob that women all over the world fell in love with him yep. for. The dancer was cast as Johnny Castle. Yes. A, a dance instructor. Dirty dancing. Yes. As a dance instructor who famously lifted Jennifer Grey up off the dance floor and told everyone, no one puts baby Baby in in the the corner. Hey, I just want you to know, in 1987 as well, Rob Lowe had a movie about dancing. It's called Square Dance. Yeah. (laughs) Shut the front door. (laughs) She had to kind of prove somebody right, right? Yeah. Well, this isn't the guy we're chatting about here. (laughs) Come on, Rob. Right. Get your head out of Rob Lowe's ass. (laughs) (laughs) The Tiny Dancers, People Magazine's 1991 Sexiest Man Alive, Patrick Swayze. I get it, because that's got to be, oh, man. Now, he he appeared in tons of movies, tons of television shows. Red Dawn, Roadhouse, where he had the coolest name ever, Dalton, Dalton. where I've at least a million times in my life heard, I thought you'd be bigger. (laughs) 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 If I had a dollar for every time somebody said that shit to me. Obviously, he was in Ghost, Point Break. Uh-huh. And now, I'm going to ask both of you, what is your favorite performance God, it's, of Patrick Swayze? It's either him being Dalton or Ghost, but, like, Ghost is just, like, the sexiest thing ever. Like, it makes, I don't have any pottery skills whatsoever, but I could. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, like, one of the sexiest scenes that I ever remembered. AJ, what's your favorite Swayze performance? 
I think Ghost. After Ghost? Died, though. My favorite by far was he appeared on a television called a television show called Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah. And he was alongside a guy <laughs> named Chris Farley. <laughs> and they, and they were competing for the yes. final spot of Chippendales. Yes, that was so good. And that to me is the absolute epitome of <laughs> of, of Swayze performance. Oh uh, yeah. And oh my gosh, what a dream just to even be next to Chris Farley in the like scenes. I love it. Yeah, so. it was very cool. Now, unfortunately, as as we're all aware, he tragically lost his life at the age of only fifty seven when he succumbed to a twenty month excuse me a twenty month battle with pancreatic cancer. Yes. And so he passed away. Um, but the tiny dancer who grew up in Houston, Texas, was was Patrick Swayze. Yes. It's kind of a cool story. Yes. You know what is really awesome? He's one celeb that I've never heard a negative thing about. I don't recall, and that's no. when we were looking up the cycle of abuse, I don't recall ever hearing anything negative about him either. No. And he got to play with, if you think about the films that he was in and, and some of the people that he acted next to, um, you're talking about some mate, what, you got, what, are you pulling up a show over there? <laughs> she got so but excited. Go I had to Google it. I'm sorry. I had to Google it. What are you looking at? I mean, he did star next to Rob Lowe. Well, he was with Keanu Reeves in right. Point Break. Uh, he was Sam Elliott in Roadhouse. Yeah. Oh, Sam Elliott. Yeah. He yeah. played it. Yeah. So. Okay. So that's our A to B history segment for this week. Thank you again to the Cordial Cork. Yes. And now we're moving on to our news. We've got some stories that we thought it'd be kind of funny to go over. I'm ducking and everything. Dying. In the house, I'm, I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. Can I ask you, if you won all the money, what would you do with it? Bunch of hookers and cocaine. Oh, okay, that's not I'm good. <laughs> well, I just had got done feeding my chickens, watering them and stuff, and I walked back to my house, started to get my phone so I could play a video game on it, told him he need to get out of that water, but say I didn't know he was getting eat up by bees, I thought he was just high. It's been a while. I'm, I'm happy to bring back the news. It's brought to us by Scready Pyrotechnics. They're located here in Richmond, Indiana. Um, they're a, a cool fireworks group that they can do all types of firework displays. So whether you just want something in your backyard to celebrate a birthday. Or the or, French Indian War. If whatever <laughs> war you want. Yeah, yeah, we're going back to that. I had to. I <laughs> going love back in time. That's right. Um, but he also does major shows. So he's done it for uh, here in Indiana, obviously the city of Richmond. Yes. Fourth of July celebration. Phenomenal. I know, yeah, I know he's done it in Muncie, Indiana for the, um, I think it was Mardi Gras they did something. So, oh, cool. Yeah, it does a good job. So if you want to reach out to Scratty Pyrotechnics, you can probably look him up on Facebook. It's easiest way. It's S-C-A-R-R-E-T-T-E, or you can give him a call at 765-238-7075. Now, our first story comes to us from India, and it sounds like what would happen if an alcoholic ever found a genie in a bottle. I haven't done that yet. No? <laughs> you haven't found a genie in a bottle? <laughs> right. Or admitted you're an alcoholic? I mean, I just kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> Residents in an apartment building in India discovered free mixed drinks on tap in their kitchen earlier this week. What? This literally happened just this week. A smelly combination of beer, brandy, and rum started coming out of the faucets on Monday 
after a well became contaminated, the BBC reports. Lucky bastards. Can you imagine? Like you just open the faucet up and you get like a hairy buffalo. But I'm just thinking about putting my cup of my my fridge and it like giving me tequila and I just make a margarita right out there. The the station says six thousand liters of confiscated alcohol that had been seized on court orders was buried in a pit nearby and it accidentally seeped through the soil into the apartment building's (laughs) drinking water. I mean, your kids are getting drunk <laughs> on accident. It's funny you say that because the children couldn't go to school <laughs> and their parents couldn't go to work. So they literally had the coronavirus. Right. I can just picture an alcoholic like <laughs> laying in the bathtub just with a straw. <laughs> oh, officials promised to clean up the well. And this is something, again, that they're probably going to love. They said it may take up to a month. Before they have it cleaned. Gee, that'll be tough. <laughs> All wow. Right. Now we're off to our off to Canada for our second story. This also happened this week, and this is a story about a former candidate for mayor of the city of Ottawa. Of, of, of Ottawa. Ottawa, Canada, yes. Okay. The individual, Bruce McConville, 55, made 25 separate withdrawals from six separate bank accounts in the amount totaling $1 million. $1 million. $1 He then had two separate bonfires, one of which where he burned $743,000, and the other where he burned $296,000. Why? I'm glad you asked. The reason he did this is so he didn't have to give it to his (laughs) ex-wife for spousal and child support. Give me my money back. (laughs) As a part of the divorce settlement. So he had to pay restitution to the the ex-wife for spousal support and child support. So instead of, he literally took it all out and burned it. Now he went to court, and as a result, he was sentenced to 30 days in jail, and he has to pay his ex-wife $2,000 a day for every day he fails to disclose his full financials. Huh. So in addition to like, burning a million dollars, now he still has to pay $2,000 a day. So this guy was just a mayor. No, no, no. He tried, He ran for mayor. Oh, he didn't okay. win. I'm like, how in the hell did he have a million dollars anyway? Because oh, he, mayors don't make... No, he owned his own business. Well, look at our president. Yeah, I mean, well... You know? He just donates that back, though. The billions of dollars? No, I'm talking about the billions of dollars. Oh, yeah, He's a billionaire. His, yeah, on a separate you know? job. Well, and Bloomberg and... You know, yeah. he's running now. So, no, he, he just, he was so pissed off at his ex-wife, he burned the money. Huh. Now, the judge doesn't believe him. And I think that's why they were doing the $2,000 a day. But Bruce confirms, and he's got the receipts where he's taking this money out. The judge just doesn't believe that he burned it. Like he should have got video footage. Right. You got to Snapchat mean, that. Snapchat it. Right. All right. So it's here's. Like they're making it rain. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a hell of a party. $743,000. That's got to be a big stack of money. You I would just think. don't know that I would burn it. My God. Could you imagine being at the bonfire and just be like, <laughs> oh, my God, there it is. You got to be. You know he was liquored. He had to have been a case into Molson and just throwing money on there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go to Vegas at least make some memories, yeah, right? Yeah. I'd buy a really nice car and then drive it into a lake and just 
show her video of that or something. <laughs> All right. So here's our third and final news story as we're getting back to doing these shows again, which I'm very, very happy for. And this comes to us from Indiana. 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 The great state. The great Hoosier state. This actually just happened this week as well. And it comes to us from Columbus, Indiana. Carrie yes. Likens. Oh, she was sorry. A, what, you don't like Columbus? No, I just thought that we were going to be talking about the old Bob Knight yesterday. Oh, no. That was actually really cool. That was so cool. Him and Gene Katie yeah. doing that. Uh, okay. Yeah. You can continue. I'm yeah. sorry. I well, interrupted. No, this actually works for both of you. It, it's about a bartender that works at a Holiday Inn in Columbus, uh, Indiana. Okay. And she was working as uh, a bartender last week when a customer and her struck up a conversation at a Holiday Inn. Well, all right. Just chilling. The customer's ready to leave, and she gave him his bill of $64. And as the man was leaving, the man turned her and smiled at her as he left the bar. Now, the reason he turned and smiled is because he made the day uh, for Miss Likens here. That's when she looked down and noticed the tip of two thousand twenty dollars. Shut your mouth. Yes. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Likens said the encounter served as a reminder of the good people in the world. She said there are good people out there. They're all over. They're walking among us, and you never know who's going to do a huge gesture for you. So pay it forward and make sure just to be a good person. So this cat wasn't like a celebrity or anything. No, just some dude. I feel like there was a story recently about a celebrity that did that, yeah. where it was the 2020 challenge. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Might wow. might be a twenty dollars I mean, and twenty cents is what I could. Dude. Yeah. There's times when I would have loved to have had twenty dollars and twenty cents as a tip. Right. So <laughs> right? I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> yeah. This guy Bruce, he's out burning money, and this guy's trying to give it away to, right? to bartenders at a Holiday Inn. Well, I mean, if you were in Indianapolis yesterday at an Olive Garden downtown, you might have been able to see Post Malone. Yeah. Did you see that? Washington Street, yeah. right off the 465 exit before it turns to 70. I'm like, I'm all, not, all I'll, post post Lamone decides he's just like gonna. I just want some lasagna. Let's be honest. If you're gonna think of a restaurant that Post Malone probably goes to, it would be an Olive Garden. If I, <laughs> oh my God. hey, he said that's his favorite restaurant. Yeah, that says a lot about him. He did do he's, like that a makes Jimmy, him our kind of people. Like he did the Jimmy Show, and he like did like. Talking about the uh, unlimited breadsticks and everything else that he really does love Olive Garden. But I'm like, if I had that kind of money, I'd be like, I want some authentic Italian. Yeah. What's right. that one restaurant we always go to? Or we used to go to? Oh, it's closed. Time? Iria's. <gasps> it's no, closed? it's back open. Is it back open? It's it? back open. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Indianapolis, Indiana, Iria's Italian restaurant is the best Italian I've ever oh, had. It's so good. The, the funny thing about Post Malone, one of my favorite memes that we've shared on our show, if if you aren't following us on Facebook, you absolutely have to. We, we've got over 81,000 followers on our Facebook. I mean, we're kind of funny. Yeah, we do some funny things. And one of my favorite ones <laughs> is a picture of Post Malone eating dinner with Mark Wahlberg. And it, the meme is basically Mark Wahlberg buys food for a homeless man. <laughs> <laughs> and when we posted it, people thought it was legitimate. We're talking about how good a guy Mark Wahlberg right. was. And now it was Post Malone. They're just sitting there having dinner. You know what? I've heard that Post Malone is one of the most down-to-earth great people ever. So. Ah, that's very cool. Fantastic. Very Even though cool. his face looks like a detention desk. <laughs> his face looks like he passed out at a party. 
and all his buddies are tattoo artists. Right. <laughs> Jeez. God oh, love him. But, well, yeah. Yes. Anyway. Well, Gibbler, AJ, I am happy to be back doing the show. I'm happy that I can talk and laugh and not cough up lung butter. Uh, yeah, it was not good. had to go through that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was making more butter than Country Croc that week. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> so anyways, we uh, we appreciate you all listening to the show. Make sure that uh, you support the Cordial Cork and also Scratty Pyrotechnics. And if you get a chance, we'll start doing our monthly entertainment things that we do at the Sheridan Pub. So make yes. sure you go down there. World famous crowd balls. That's right. Yes. So um, also thank you to the uh, uh, Innovation Center for allowing us to do these shows here. And oh, you got something? Yeah, I don't know that you actually uh, mentioned anything about our Patreon. Oh, that, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so if you go to patreon.com backslash after two beers, it's an opportunity for you to help support us as as we try to produce these shows. Uh, we do have some um, some loyal Patreon sponsors, uh, Brad Boone and uh, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, so. We have, we have a couple, yeah. So yeah. it's great, and it helps us still be able to keep doing this for yes. you and – while you're there, make sure you buy that shirt. Yes, Mike Coddington. I don't yes. know why I, uh, I I paused on that, but <laughs> it's funny when you start becoming friends with people, you just think of them in their first name. Right. Yeah. But anyway, yes. Make sure you think uh, help us out there on Patreon.com, and uh, also support other local podcasts. If you, this is something that uh, it's like the the rock band of the '80s. Everybody's doing. One I mean, of you can support them, but you still need to just make sure that we are your favorite. Please. Please and thank yous. All right. Well, thank you much, AJ, for helping, as you yes. always do. Thank you, Gibbler. And uh, I guess we'll talk to them all next week. After two beers.